0: what's going on everybody zach back here with another episode of clutch crew sports and on this episode we are going to cover the mid-season mark of the xfl we're roughly at that point right now so we're going to talk about each team what we've seen on the field what we expect to happen in the future now that we've seen these teams play a lot more we kind of know some more things about them so we're going to give an in-depth coverage on each team hopefully you guys enjoy now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew What's
1: up everybody? This is your co-host Eric and I could rant at myself for not being in the last two episodes, but I'm glad to be <laughs> back and ready to get my XFL talk on. What's
2: up guys? It's me, Connor, the co-host with the most, and I'm excited to talk about the XFL and you can lock that the DC Defenders are on a downtrend. Boo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That they are indeed they are indeed we'll we'll show that when we when we show our power rankings at the end of this um conrad and i are going to give our power rankings on these teams and the defenders they were they were a top two team for most of the season and then now things have have really gotten murky in that situation that quarterback room especially um, <laughs> but the, the defenders are one of the last teams that we'll talk about but we're gonna Basically, the the layout for this episode will go team by team. We'll say kind of some league thoughts, uh, kind of a reflection of the things that we said in that first XFL episode where we were saying this league at this point in the season needs to be doing this. We're going to kind of go go back on some of those takes. And then, like I said, we'll give our power rankings as well um eric it's good to have you back on the show man (laughs) it's been uh been a little while i I heard you you
1: in the last episode said it was the zach and connor special i was like no i gotta get back
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah man you're you're just as much a part of this as anybody so good good to have you back um so let's start here
1: speaking of uh speaking of just as much as anybody we should update the viewers on our subscription contest
0: that we will indeed that we will indeed i had my mind all about the xfl i'd forgotten about that but yeah so basically if you remember from november we had a month-long subscriber challenge that we had to do the winner at the end got to roast the other three podcasters we all know eric hit it out of the park with that one um but we're doing it again for march so five days in for when we're recording this we've got our updated standings. Eric is in the lead with 17. I'm in second with 11. Connor and Nate have failed to hit the board yet with zero. Um, already, though, we're on a great pace, though. I want to say, guys, this uh, 28 subscribers. The first five days between only two people is on a pretty good pace. So hopefully we, we smash out um, our November totals. Hopefully everybody increases on this amount of subscribers you get. And if you're one of those... Uh, fan accounts from Twitter that I've been messaging the past couple days. Thank you guys for subscribing. Really means a lot. Uh, we're going to, if you're new to the channel, basically what we do is we talk sports. We put out two episodes a week on Tuesdays and Fridays pretty much every week. And they, they can vary from anything covering when we first started the channel NBA finals episodes to an NFL division by division episodes weekly miscellaneous top sports topics and everything in between so hopefully you guys can enjoy this as a place where you get some sports news and and enjoy our, our takes on these things um eric you have anything to say about your subscribers that you've gotten
1: yeah uh most of the people uh, most of my 17 subscribers i've gotten so far have been other people that have youtube channels most of them in the gaming department so if you're a gamer and you've tuned into this we do also play a lot of games and stream on twitch and things like that you can it's twitch.tv slash clutch crew sports the same as our podcast name uh we go live we try to go live probably two or three times a week on average and so you can catch us on there we don't always play sports games but most of the time we do so would you know we like to chat sports in there as well or talk other video games or whatever. So if you're into that you can check us out on there as well.
0: Yeah. Um we'll see we'll see how it goes. I anticipate winning this challenge this time. Not I don't <laughs> want to get I don't want to get roasted again. So <laughs> Right. Hey, I, well, don't, I don't
1: want to well, get roasted for the first time. So
0: <laughs> my my goal is to, you know,
2: get more than one so that way whoever cuz I'm not anticipating going to win, but like I'm got to get more than one so no one can roast me on that. I got to get more than Nate. So yeah. that way you don't you don't you don't have that as like a material like, "Oh, you didn't get you got the least amount of subscribers." Like, "No, I didn't."
0: <laughs> well, somebody's going to have that. But but in all honesty, if everybody improves on their score, it's good for everybody. So, yeah. You know, I, I, I want to win, but Every time Eric gets more, it, it just makes me feel even more motivated to, to get more, beat him. So it's a healthy <laughs> competition. <Well, laughs> <I'm, I'm laughs> a
1: couple of strategies I've been implementing, and obviously as you can tell by me being in first place right now, they're working very well. well that's
2: okay. I got, I gotta, you know, let you all win this because I've already beaten you in Jeopardy twice, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Damn>. <laughs> i'm still holding on to my madden tournament uh championship uh, trophy out there in my mind that that's what i'm holding on to <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on come on nate you got to get in on the yeah winning nate, nate's got to win
0: nate's got to win something <laughs> well, here nate nate got
1: the most nfl picks right so that he is has, true he has that
0: yeah we've we've all got some specialties with our uh our predictions and stuff so all right, guys, so we'll, we'll get into the episode now, finally. <laughs> um, so the New York Guardians and St. Louis Battlehawks. these are the two teams we've got on the screen right now. We'll start with the Guardians first, and I'll kind of just give my thoughts on them, and then I'll turn it over to Connor and Eric, and then we can discuss them. But uh, the Guardians, they're a team that really seems to be a home or away type team because... They're two and zero at home. They're zero and two on the road, and they won really a must-win game last week against the L.A. Wildcats. They would have been one and three if they had lost that. So they improved their record to two and two. They have two losses in the division though to St. Louis and uh, D.C. They beat Tampa. Um, the real thing with this team is they need consistent quarterback play, and we'll see if Luis. Uh, I'm not sure if Luis Perez is. The going to be the quarterback now for them or not, but um, it's clear that Matt McLoyne is not the answer. Uh, even in the Tampa Bay Vipers game, they didn't win that game because of him, they won it despite of him. Uh, I I I, I said this, I think, in a Twitch stream. Uh, no, I I won't say that story, it's kind of gross, but um, (laughs) you guys know what I'm talking about, but uh. They're winning. <laughs> the, they're winning despite of Matt McGloin, and I'm not sure if they're gonna go back to him next week or not. I doubt it. Um, we'll see what they've got dialed up though. I do like their team though. If it if it wasn't for the quarterback, I would I would like this team. They've got some some it factor going on there, but they're they're an average team right now. I'd say average on both sides of the ball. If they can get the quarterback play better. I think they'll be in a good situation to make the playoffs, but definitely not uh, not the type of team that's going to win this tournament at the end of the season, but what do you guys think about the Guardians?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with your assessment 100%, and the I haven't seen as much XFL as Zach and Connor have, but in my assessment from the Guardians games that I have seen, it seems like for the for the most part that they do have a pretty good defense, but Matt McGloin is terrible. And if they were to keep rolling with him, they're definitely not going to get anywhere. I don't know if they'll get anywhere with the backup either, but one thing that I was kind of curious about, because I know teams can make trades. I know there was a trade in the first week, but Zach I don't know if there's been any rumor of this but if I if I was the Guardians I would really be contemplating trying to trade for Flowers from Tampa because Tampa doesn't seem to want to use him so if I were Tampa I would also maybe try to get rid of him and get an asset or something for him but do you think that Flowers would be a good fit in New York do you think you could get them to that next level because without a good quarterback you know like you said they're definitely not going to get anywhere but do you think there could be potential for that or do you think that would work yeah out?
0: yeah um so from the story that i read uh, last week when flowers was gone from the team for personal reasons but he it was rumored that he requested a trade i guess it's now official he's back with the team but he still wants to trade Um, but he's looking for Seattle or New York as the his top two destinations primarily because of quarterback opening to those two spots you know you're not going to go to Houston and and play very much at quarterback so yeah I think that would work out a lot for them the the real key is though is if their coach does get flowers he's gotta he can't be like what trustman has been doing and play him five snaps then take him to the bench and then he's cold for a whole half and then ask him to come back on for five snaps you got to just stick with the quarterback uh and not get discouraged if it goes three and out because you're never going to get any sort of momentum if, if you keep rotating quarterbacks like that it's it's hard to do so i i do think it would be good for flowers to go there i think that's something i think that could really help them out um we'll see if it ends up happening or not but there have been actually several trades that have happened so it's not like not like uh fantasy football leagues where no trades happen there have definitely been some trades going on but nice yeah so we'll we'll see i would prefer if he was to be traded to go to seattle though cause, um just because i like seattle better than new york but <laughs> um but I'll i'll support him wherever he goes All right.
1: Yeah. So that's uh, I guess that's pretty much all I had to say. What do you you think about the Guardians?
2: Yeah. I mean, you guys pretty much hit on most of the important topics about them. But I think the big key for me about them is I want to see them perform well against a good team because obviously, you know, their two wins came against the Vipers in week one when the Vipers were all out of shape with Aaron Murray at quarterback. And then, you know, they beat the L.A. Wildcats last week, but honestly, they probably shouldn't have, according. Like, I didn't watch the game, but Zach told me that they should have lost that game. Nick
0: Novak uh, missed two or three field goals that would have won it for L.A., so.
2: Right, so it's like, you know, that's why I'm, and also, you know, in their two losses, you know, they lost to St. Louis and to D.C. and got blown out in both Mm -hmm. of them, so I'm not, I'm not, I'll be interested to see if they can get the quarterback play down. Cause even though they finally made the switch from Matt McGloin, it still wasn't a fantastic performance. So um, I'm not entirely sold on them, but yeah, I think that would be interesting to see uh, Quentin flowers come to New York because I mean, I know Zach was obviously talking about him a lot cause Zach likes him, but um, I'm interested to see how he fits into that scheme because I think unfortunately Tressman didn't use him, but it seemed like he fit into the Tampa Bay scheme really well despite the fact that Tressman didn't use him. But when he was in the game, he played really well. So I'd be interested to see if he does go to New York, you know, what kind of how he would work in that system, which, I mean, it seems to be like a run heavy offense at this point. So which could be an asset, obviously he can throw, but he's also, you know, a Lamar Jackson-esque quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like a run heavy offense would actually be pretty good for him. So I'm not sure Seattle would be ideal for him, but I think New York would be a better choice for Flowers if he were to get traded. Um but yeah, the Guardians they need more competition.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean and more, more
2: results against better yeah.
0: competition. And I don't have you guys seen the the Guardians head coach before? I know they show the coaches a lot, but do you know who I'm talking about? When Kevin Gilbride, the head coach for the Guardians. Yes. Have you seen him before? Yes. That guy yeah. just looks like he owns like five pizza shops man like <laughs> <laughs> I, I looking like any Reid times two over here <laughs> yeah i mean like he he just looks so new york like it's funny how they get this they tampa's a weird one with trustman but it seems like each of these cities have some guy that like embodies the city um where they're from like you know zorn in seattle and gilbride in new york so it's, it's kind of cool that um that these coaches have connections to these teams, but we'll move on now to the next one. St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, this is one of the more surprising teams this season. A lot of people had them towards the bottom of the standings in prediction wise, but they they have a three in one record. They've clearly looked like the best team in the East, only losing to Houston by a one score game on the road, I believe it was too. So uh, the Battlehawks are for real, and they've got. Two, I'd say three good things really going for him. One, the run game. The run game, their, their whole offense is really predicated to running the ball. They're one of the best teams at doing that. Um, two is their quarterback, Tamu. Uh, I'm probably saying it wrong, but he he's not <laughs> asked to do a whole lot, but he gets done what he needs to get done. He's been good for them. Uh, he makes He's made a couple of really good throws. Um, And then three is really the special teams, because they did have a kickoff return for a touchdown in one of their games. And their special teams, I think they had a blocked punt, too. So they I've noticed that they have had the best special teams unit out of all these teams. And with the rule changes and everything, that's that's a big deal uh, to be able to capitalize on special teams. So those are the things I've seen. I can see the Battlehawks winning this XFL. The fan support has been tremendous there. They've definitely got the biggest social media presence. Um, it seems like the Battlehawks are like the team to go to if you're a disgruntled fan of a, of a bottom-tier team and you want to... You want to abandon ship. A lot of those fans think <laughs> you Battle want a bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the band I think the Battlehawks are most people's bandwagon team just for their centrality and their location. They're not in a polarizing city or anything like that. And they you know, they're having success. They're winning a lot of games pretty big. So we'll see what we'll see what is in the future for them, but I've been really impressed with the Battlehawks. Um out of the Eastern teams are definitely Definitely the class of the East right now. We'll see what happens though, but I really like the run game. I like the quarterback, and I really like the special teams. But what do you guys think about the Battle Hawks?
1: Yeah, for for me, this is the team I've seen the least, so I can't say too much about them. But one thing that I definitely, I guess it's just been a bad timing when I've had to work or whatever. I've been it seems like I'm working every time they're on TV, but it. I agree with Zach though, 100% about the fan base thing. And honestly, I've been debating on picking them as my team because not just because they're winning, but I think it was, it was just really cool to see the fans and the little bit of action I did watch because it was a home game for them and the fans were just going nuts. Like the whole lower level of that dome was filled. I think St. Louis is just so excited to have a team again since the Rams were moved to L.A., a a little while back and that city is stoked to have that team and unlike the i mean the vipers did win last game but unlike the vipers who i initially said was going to be my team they seem to know what they're doing (laughs) 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 because just watching i know uh the vipers quarterback situation was settled in their last game but just watching them in their first three games like Murray Flowers, Murray Flowers. Okay, Cornelius Flowers, Cornelius. Flowers. <laughs> like it just, they just seem so incompetent. Whereas Saint Louis is doing it right. They've got a great record. They're playing really well. Their fans are super into them. Like I, I like this team a lot. Even though I haven't seen a lot of them, just from the little bit I have seen and what I've heard about them, like this team's pretty cool. So maybe this will be my team. I haven't fully decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, okay. Connor, Connor, I'll let you give your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, you guys hit it on the
2: head with the, um, like the fan base in St. Louis, obviously, because all these other teams, the other seven teams play in areas where there's already an NFL team. I mean, the New York Guardians and Tampa Bay Vipers play in NFL stadiums. So, um, but obviously the St. Louis Battlehawks, you know, the Rams moved to L.A., and now those fans want football back. I mean, I'm sure they'd be happy to have the Rams back. I'm sure they'd appreciate them more than L.A. does. But, um, it's just, they're just an all-around package. If I will say, because you guys were talking about, I know Zach was talking about the special teams, the running game and the quarterbacks. Uh, there is, if there's one weakness to this team, it's definitely the defense. Because, I mean, other than, I mean, I know they had a really good result against uh, New York, but that's also the New York Guardians who can't really seem to figure out their offense at all. So, but I mean, you know, losing to Houston was not good. I mean, it was only a one score game, but, you know, they're going to eventually see Houston, like the way things are going, they're going to see Houston again and they're going to have to keep PJ Walker in check. But I mean, even so when, you know, you're giving up 16 points to the struggling dragons or, you know, you're giving up, like I said, they gave up 28 points to Houston. And even when they were playing, they kind of struggled again in that Dallas game. When I saw them, like when Dallas didn't have Landry Jones, they were still kind of like, eh, like, I know that they were still figuring things out, but it still didn't look very good. So I think the Battlehawks, if they can get their defense right, then they can definitely challenge Houston for the top spot right now. But Houston, you know, Houston also doesn't have the greatest defense. We'll get to them later, but their offense is better. So if St. Louis is going to compete with Houston, they're going to have to get their defense in a better position than it is right now.
0: Yeah all right so we'll move on now to two more teams to cover so the wildcats and dragons these are two of the more disappointing teams record wise for sure uh both teams only have one win and i'll we'll start here with the wildcats first and first before i say about the team but i when i saw this picture of their logo again with the wildcats in orange on there like it just looks it just looks so much old school buccaneers like (laughs) the the curving of the a like the sword or something like that like i don't know i i really see like old school buccaneers with this this color scheme and everything but um but yeah so the wildcats man i (laughs) they're the team that it seems to just defy whatever i think is going to happen with them because originally i i got them right i i knew they were going to be bad originally and then they blew out DC at home, which I did not see coming. And then I thought they were going to go and win in New York pretty easily, and they lost. Granted, the special teams is bad in that, but still, they they should have. That shouldn't really have been that close, but they they lost in New York. So I don't know. What, I don't know what to what to think of the Wildcats really. Um, their defense really scares me, uh, especially in those first two weeks. It seems like that third week they started to get it together, but with the way things are shaping out in the West, it's going to be hard for them, I think, to make it. They're going to have to really bank on this Landry Jones injury being a, a big setback for Dallas, but uh, not this is a team that I haven't seen too much of, but I think most teams, when they see L.A. on their schedule, are thinking easy win um, because they really don't have much of a fan base there probably the the least <laughs> the rams
2: and chargers already don't so why would the wildcats <laughs> yeah
0: exactly exactly so uh we'll see what happens though but i i wasn't a fan of the talent on this team they got a surprising win against dc which made me really pause and think whoa maybe maybe this team is for real and then we saw against the the guardians what what this team's really made up of which is not very good so the the <laughs> guardians are i mean the, the wildcats The they're they're going to be interesting we'll see if they if they have another close game can they pull through and win they've got the vipers next week uh at home it's going to be a night game nine o'clock eastern time six pacific so we'll, we'll see what happens with them but must win games for sure for the wildcats moving forward
1: I haven't seen the Wildcats at all. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, can't, I, can't, I can't add anything. Okay. To them, but I, I, But it, to go along with the fan base thing, kind of like I talked about with St. Louis, though, like I was surprised when the list of teams came out for the XFL before the season started that L.A. was getting a team with them already struggling with the Rams and Chargers fan bases in the NFL. I, I was kind of surprised by that. but So I guess it's not working out too well so far right now for them. Yeah, well, more on what Zach said about the
2: team itself is that it's, I think, you know, kind of what Zach was alluding to, like that game where they played against D.C., I think that was a lot more D.C. beating themselves than L.A. actually beating them. Like, they did some good things. I mean, obviously, in a 39-9 to win, it's not all about, you know, the other teams sucking. But I do think that was a lot of D.C. being out of sorts and beating themselves. So, because like Zach said, they should have gone in and beaten New York, like, The way that New York was struggling and the fact that, you know, they had ample opportunity in that game to beat them is mind-blowing, and I will say, if there's one thing that I think that L.A. has an advantage on, if he can get right, is their quarterback, what is his name, Joe Johnson, I think, is
0: it? I think Josh Johnson. Or
2: Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, he's a 33-year-old, like, he's a veteran quarterback, so, like, if there's one thing that they have an advantage at if he can get right is that he's going to be the least likely quarterback to crack under pressure. Like a lot of these quarterbacks in this league, like Cardale Jones or, um, you know, Cornelius in Tampa or Tamu in St. Louis, like they're young quarterbacks that, you know, given big situations, you don't know exactly what they're going to do. Like, who knows if they're going to panic or not, but I don't see Josh Johnson panicking at all. Like he might not play up to the level that some of these other quarterbacks will, but he's not going to panic. So. That's one thing I'll give LA, but that's probably about it. I mean, you know, obviously their offense can put up points, like they when they played against Houston and when they played against um, uh, who did they play in the first week? I can't remember who they the other game against was against. But... Uh,
0: was it uh? I was think it was Se- Houston
2: in the first week? Well, that's what I said, Houston, and then I think it was Seattle the second week. I think that they played because I think that's Seattle's one win on the year was maybe. when they beat LA.
0: Saint um, Louis maybe.
1: Uh, let me see let me see
2: it was, oh dallas it was seattle Yeah, as- it it, seattle beat tampa yeah it was dallas that's right. yeah dallas so i was like in those games like they certainly have no shortage of offense but you know it's the defense that's the biggest problem for the la wildcats and this is a problem for a lot of teams but you know they're another team like obviously not nearly as uh dire as st louis but they need to get their defense right because you can't be giving up even if you're putting up 18, 19, you know, <clears throat> 20 points a game, if you're giving up 25 or 30 plus, then you're never going to win. So um, so other than the quarterback situation, I don't really see a big thing for them other than, you know, that's the, and like Zach, Zach and Eric hit on the fan base. is just awful in L.A. I don't know why they're even a team there, but. <laughs> Um, and they've got terrible uniforms and a terrible logo. so everything bad for LA. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so we'll move on now to Seattle. So this is the team that I've seen the least of really, but I will say for Seattle um, I did watch at the end of their last game they were trying to mount a comeback and it was kind of funny when they scored a touchdown and then they went they the coaches like go for three, but it was a situation where, it, three didn't make any sense like they would have like one going for one made the most sense to be if if they went for one they could have kicked a field goal and taken the and tied it if they had gone for two it, it would have been a field goal to win but three you're on when you're down one it really doesn't matter that much being down two versus down one so they went for three and didn't get it and then they interviewed him and he was like at first he was like yeah we're we're trying to win this game. We're, we're not, we're trying to play to win, not to, not to lose. And then they were like, yeah, but you'd only have been down two versus one or something like that. They said the, they exposed the logic. And then he was like, "He was well, trying to yeah, you excuse, right. Sack. Yeah. But, but for, but for this case, right, it, right. It, it wouldn't have mattered. So, yeah. so he saw that and then he was like, oh, wow. Oh. Like, he, was, he, was, he was like, he, he didn't, he was like, oh, okay. Like I don't know exactly what he said, but he basically like he didn't try and keep defending it. He was like he was like my bad, basically. Like he he was he he messed up and he knew he messed up, uh, which was, which I thought was interesting that he actually admitted <laughs> it. I mean that's the cool thing about the interviews and stuff. I love seeing that like uh, it, it kind of exposed him for not really knowing these rules very well, not not studying up on the points uh, how the points work because <laughs> uh, he was obviously in the old NFL mindset. But I don't know what I don't know why he made that call. Then the commentators were uh, were ripping him hard for that, but it didn't matter in the end because they weren't. I think St. Louis scored in the next possession, anyways. But um, so the Dragons, they've got to deal with bad coaching. They've got a great fan base, though. Uh, we'll see if they if they can win some more games. But I I, lo- I love the logo. I love the helmets and everything. But uh, not looking good for the Dragons right now.
1: Yeah, so I I watched the Dragons' first two games against the Defenders and the Vipers, and they're another team like the Guardians and where, in my opinion, they've had a good defense at times. They've got a couple decent pieces on the offense, but they're another team like the Guardians, though, where they really need help at quarterback because in the first game against dc i think they got 19 points which was okay but i think they had a pick six in there or a uh maybe it was a special team they had something that wasn't a offensive touchdown if i remember correctly and then i know in the vipers game when they i think they got 19 points as well or something similar to that it wasn't too much but they had a a pick six in that game as well and i think most of their I think they had one touchdown and then a couple of field goals was their mm-hmm. only offense. So they, they need help on the quarterback end, but I agree a hundred percent with Zach though, about the logo. I, I don't love the colors of their uniforms, but I do really like their logo. Like, you know, I was contemplating picking the battle Hawks as my favorite team because of the fan base and everything. But if I was going to pick my team on favorite logo, it's the dragons, so, <laughs> but they, they need a quarterback though if they're going to, Get anywhere? I don't see anything for them this year, but maybe if XFL makes it into another season, if if they can get somebody better to be quarterback, or you know, they could trade for Flowers too, maybe. Who knows? But yeah, they, they need to do something because their quarterback play sucks.
0: <laughs> so Connor, yeah. you said this was the team you didn't know much about, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I only
2: saw their first game against the Defenders, and I mean. Yeah, the quarterback for them. It was funny because he actually looked pretty good early in the game. He just kind of fell off later on. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, they have, it like Eric said, it really is the quarterback because they have the pieces there. Like, Austin Prohl is a really good gadget receiver. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, what's his name? Kenneth Farrow is a pretty decent running back. It's just Brandon Silvers is not very good. So they need to find a new quarterback. And, obviously, I totally agree with uh. Eric, on they have the coolest logo. I thought that was pretty neat, except mm-hmm. they, uh, their home uniforms could use some work. That green and turquoise is kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, not too many thoughts on the Dragons, but I agree. They're they're probably not going anywhere this year, um, but we'll see. Maybe next season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we got the Texas teams here now on, on the screen, the Houston Roughnecks and Dallas Renegades. Uh, we'll start with the Roughnecks here they're obviously undefeated they are the team to beat in the xfl 4-0 and and pj walker is probably going to be the mvp the way it's played out so far houston man their their offense is really dynamic it, it reminds you a lot of the chiefs in the nfl that's the kind of comparison that i would make uh the roughnecks to the chiefs now their defense is is susceptible which makes another good comparison to the chiefs but uh, they, this is truly, they're taking the approach that we got to throw it as much as we can and use PJ Walker's scrambling ability because he, he's a good runner. Uh, in the Vipers game, somehow he caught or he, he dropped a snap and it went backwards and everything. And he just picked it up and <laughs> ran in for a touchdown. I was, I'd never seen anything like it. Um, they, everything just seems to be going right for the Roughnecks right now. It just seems like, uh, what's that noise (laughs) i don't know okay it's not me (laughs) okay i don't know um but yeah the the roughnecks it just seems everything's going right for them and they took care of, of their toughest test in the west which would have been dallas last week so we'll see we'll see how the rest plays out for them but i do not see them falling off like dc is falling off i think they've got a better quarterback he's he hasn't shown really any any bad signs. The defense is where the questions lie with Houston, but we'll see. I it's just hard to envision a team outscoring Houston with the way their offense is. Um the obviously anything can happen cuz they could they could miss their two-point conversions and stuff and then if a team starts making those then then they can close the gap. So they've had some close games, but We'll, we'll see we'll see if they can get beat. I think they will eventually, but they are definitely the team to beat right now. Eric, what do you think about the closest city to you, to the Houston yeah. Roughneck team?
1: Well, ironically enough, Houston and Dallas are both in my state that I live in, but I really haven't seen a ton of either of these two teams you would <laughs> think I have. There was a lot of questions going into it, would I be a Houston or Dallas fan, but Houston definitely not because they have the Texans in the NFL who's rivals with the Jags. So and the not.
0: old the old oilers logo too yeah the old like screwed up oilers looking logo
1: i also think i also think the roughnecks have the worst name out of the (laughs) 18 but anyway uh but yeah it's going to be interesting because with the way this is going obviously anything could happen like zach said but if if it goes the way it's going it's going to up being Houston and St. Louis in the championship barring you know something happening but those are the two favorites right now and if that ends up happening it's going to be a kind of similar championship game to the Chiefs and 49ers Super Bowl that we just had because Roughnecks like to air it out defense is susceptible kind of like the Chiefs of course the Battlehawks defense isn't as good you know in this league compared to like how the 49ers are in the NFL obviously but but they like to run the ball you know, grind it out, chew clock, and stuff like that. So if if the Rubniks and the Battlehawks end up in the championship game, I think that would be really interesting. But but one of my one of my biggest complaints about the XFL has been the overall lackluster of the quarterback play, and that was my initial thought in week one, and it hasn't changed now. But Houston's quarterback's been like the one bright spot for quarterbacks in the XFL. He's definitely number one in the mvp race right now he's playing really well it would be interesting too to see if after this season if he gets a shot to get back into the nfl i'd be curious about
0: that but well here's the thing though is i think for him to to leave the xfl he'd have to be an nfl starter because i think it being a backup xfl quarterback or being a starting xfl quarterback is better than being a backup nfl quarterback but
1: Well, it depends. I mean, it depends on the money. I mean, because backup quarterbacks can get two, you know, two, three, four million a year. You know what I mean? Whereas I I highly doubt he's making that in the XFL. So it would be up to him. But it would be interesting to see, though, if an NFL team would even give him a look after this. You know what I mean? It's going to be interesting. But but yeah, Houston's definitely the favorites for sure. Connor, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, and they've been, honestly, quite a big surprise, actually, because I remember when the season starting odds came out, Houston was actually in the lower half of that. It was, like, Dallas, Tampa, D.C., and St. Louis were, like, you know, projected to be the best teams, but then Houston was kind of, like, fifth or sixth. Like, they were still ahead of, I think it was, like, New York and uh, Seattle, but, like, them and L.A. were kind of, like, right there in the middle. So Houston's definitely been a big surprise for me, being 4-0 and right now, and, like you guys said, PJ Walker is, you know, the clear MVP frontrunner right now. And I will say one thing about like these two Houston, these two Texas teams, it does create a really good rivalry in the XFL because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, so being only eight teams, there's not going to be a whole lot of in-state rivals, but you have two in-state rivals here. So, and they really did put on a show last week. I mean, that game was even after Landry Jones went out of that game, Dallas still had a yeah. chance to win that game and... You know, if Houston had made a couple more mistakes, then Dallas was going to be right there to take it. So, um, and the fans showed up big time for that game. You know, not just Dallas fans, but Houston fans made the two or three hour drive over to Dallas to watch that game. And and uh, the other thing about Houston, like we were talking about, we've been talking about logos and uniforms. In my opinion, you know, maybe tied with LA for worst logo and then worst uniforms for sure. Especially their home uniforms are just god-awful, that mix of red and, like, sort of off-blue and gray is just... (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean, and, like you said, it'd be interesting to see between them, if it is like them and St. Louis, but you definitely can't count out out the Renegades yet. The Renegades gave them a fight, so... Um, But Houston they do have the benefit of the fact that Seattle and LA aren't very good. So it's pretty likely that they're going to make a, get the playoffs and they might even lock it up here in the next couple of weeks, depending on how LA and Seattle do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, we'll see about Houston. Big surprise Mm -hmm. though, for me.
0: Yeah. So now we're going to go over to Dallas, talk about them for a second. Um, obviously Landry Jones, our quarterback, I saw he, you know, he obviously got hurt at the end of the last game. I think, it's going to be a two maybe three week injury for for him so with this being only a 10 game season that's a lot more significant than a typical nfl two-game injury would be because every game has so much more importance in it and they're already two and two as a record now they have faced some some tougher competition so they've had to play st louis they've already had to play houston they get houston one more time granted it will be on the road but They do have some easier opponents when you look at it coming up on their schedule, they got to take advantage of that and they got to try and be 500. I'd say uh, they've got to try and be 500 without Landry Jones because if they don't, if they lose all their games without Landry Jones, it's going to be hard to come back. You know, I don't know. I don't have a ton of faith in LA and Seattle, but, uh, I don't know the name of the Dallas backup quarterback, but from what I've seen, he looks like all the other backup quarterbacks we've seen are some starting quarterbacks. Not very good. So and keep in mind, this whole offense was all built around Landry Jones. So having that play a backup is something Dallas never thought they'd have to do. Um, obviously, injuries can happen anytime. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens Dallas was at the beginning of the season lauded as, oh my God, this team's going to be unstoppable. They're going to get nine wins. They're clearly not showing that right now, and the rest of their team isn't picking up the slack enough either. Landry Jones, from what he's played, hasn't looked like, you know, the he hasn't looked like a crazy, oh my God, what did the NFL do, not signing this guy type of guy. So um, we'll see what's in store for them, but they're about an average team right now. They're playing like i said in that division where they only need to be the second best team so anything's possible as far as their logo because we're commenting on all their logos i'm not a i like the color scheme i like the uniforms but i'm not a fan of the logo just because to me it looks like every like whenever there's like a video game or something where they have like oh you can make a team as the outlaws it it always looks like this logo like i feel like i've (laughs) seen this logo in a hundred different places like so that's why i don't like it just because i feel like it's a copycat logo but uh the color scheme's good the uniforms are good but i just don't like the logo <laughs> awesome man
1: yeah I, this is a another team where i really haven't seen them but i am in agreement with zach here though they got to take advantage of these upcoming games even though landry jones isn't going to be there uh I think if they can even if as long as they can just win like one or two of the games that he's out, I think they'll be fine. I, I think the West, the four teams in the West are just, oh, I mean, obviously Houston's really good. But aside from Houston, none of the other three teams really stand out as good competition or anything. So I still think Dallas will make the playoffs, especially since they should get Landry Jones back. But at the same time, I I'm in agreement with Zach that Landry Jones hasn't looked like what he you know, thought he was, what everybody thought he was going to be. You know, I think he was the number one pick, right? When they did yep. the draft or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he would, you know, he was expected to come in and light it up. I remember uh, Connor and I did a draft Kings and the first week that he debuted and he really was lackluster. I mean, he, he just hasn't, been putting up big numbers or anything he's not really been that spectacular so the NFL you know I guess Connor's probably not too bummed about him not being on the Steelers anymore he's obviously (laughs) he's obviously not destined to be big Ben injury prone too Yeah. (laughs) yeah that yeah so he's he's got a lot going against him right now but I think Dallas does get in the playoffs as the number two seed in the West, but I, it'll probably be a, you know, exit from Houston and my, you know, anything okay. could happen, but that's right. I, that's yeah, where yeah. I see it for them.
2: Well, I think the key for Dallas is going to be Landry Jones just has to make better decisions because they were seeing how, like, you know, they were showing his stats through the first, you know, three games that he played and how, even though he was putting up good like yards and touchdowns, he kind of had that Jameis Winston syndrome where he was also mm-hmm. throwing a bunch of interceptions at the same time. So, and the Dallas Renegades like they have a fairly decent team around them. I mean, their offense, Cameron Artis Payne is looking like you know the second best running back in the league right now if they can just give him the ball more. And their defense has been top notch. I think their defense is definitely up there. Like them and the Vipers definitely have two of the best defenses in the league. And so, the, but the Renegades just have to they have to get it together when it comes to the quarterback position, because is Landry Jones, the guy like, you know, he's been looking okay, but should you start, you know, since he's so injury prone and everything, should you start investing more time and maybe your other, your backup players? I mean, I know I'm guessing that barring anything interesting. uh, What's his name? Something Nelson P PJ Nelson. Oh yeah. For for Philip Nelson. I think he's going to be starting regardless. So we'll see how that goes. I can't remember who ended up starting in that game. Did he start the first game
0: against the I St. Think Louis Battlehawks? Yeah, it's, his name sounds familiar. I think he did.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, we'll have to see what he does, because the Dallas Renegades, you know, they've, like you said, they've had a couple of tougher games, but, you know, they've beaten L.A. and they've beaten Seattle, so they've already gotten, you know, two other division wins, just lost to Houston. So you're right that they need to take advantage of these, weaker opponents you know Mm -hmm. before they have to go back and play Houston again because you know they have New York this week and then next week they get to play DC which I mean who knows where that's gonna go depending on what happens with DC um, which DC team shows up but they gotta really get it together before they go and play Houston again in Houston because that'll be tough and also it's looking like you know with the way things are going when it comes to the playoffs they'll be playing in Houston against the Roughnecks in that game Mm -hmm. too so um, I don't know if they can, I don't, I'm with Eric. I don't think they can really give Houston a game unless they can, you know, get Landry Jones healthy because we've seen that he can do some good stuff when he's in there. He's definitely not big Ben's successor, but for an XFL <laughs> quarterback, he's, you know, right up there with what you would want. You know, they're not going to be getting rid of him. And he, like, he's not going to be benched or anything like some of these other quarterbacks have been getting benched. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but we'll see. And, I guess I'll go back to Zach's comment about the logo. I actually like the logo. I'm not sure where he, you know, what you're talking about outlaw logos and stuff. But I feel
0: like I've I've just seen that. I've Eric. I don't I, know. I, Am I, I the only
2: one that's I... talking about? Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I, mean, I know it, I know what you're talking about, but I mean, I I'm one of those people. I still think it looks cool. Like you yeah. know, I like the the color scheme, like the light blue and the
1: black. With obviously you gotta have red eyes. So uh,
2: yeah, the red <laughs> eyes
1: is pretty cool. But so I I I not i still don't i guess like this logo is like a mid for me you know like i, I don't <laughs> love I don't all, all the kids wow. on twitter say all the kids on twitter say things are mid so for y'all this the dallas renegades logo is mid is that a w <laughs> or an l let me know
0: <laughs> oh man there we go that's a moment right there <laughs> oh that my lord a stamp for a you know future intro or something yeah we'll, we'll, we'll. <laughs> Okay, so now we've got the Defenders and Vipers here closing out the the eight teams, and I'll, I'll let Connor talk about the Defenders. If I've got anything else to say, I'll add it, but I'll, I'll let him start since this <laughs> is his team. He's watched them the most. Hey, yeah,
2: boy, oh boy, what's going on with the DC Defenders? I mean, especially after the first week they were you know obviously Houston was looking good but DC was looking even better after the first two weeks you know they had a big win against Seattle obviously Seattle had some moments in that game but then they went and blew out the Guardians and everyone expected them to go into LA and do the same thing to the Wildcats and then all of a sudden the wheels just fell off nobody really knows what happened now there's even talk that Cardale Jones might get benched which I mean we're talking, you know, the past four weeks, we've talked about how PJ Walker is the clear front runner for the MVP. But even though he might've been the front runner back in those first two weeks, they were also talking about Cardell Jones being up there as the MVP. So, but all of a sudden, I mean, I know it seems like the defenders have just gotten way too conservative with their play calling on offense. Mm-hmm. Like I keep seeing, you know, Cardell Jones had that awful game against the, uh, the wildcats where he threw four interceptions, but, I think they're just, like, they're not putting him in a position to succeed. They keep trying to do these run plays. Like, they'll come out on offense and run, like, three straight run plays. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to run the ball three times in a row? And then what they'll do is they'll come out and they'll, you know, run two run plays. Like, on the next position, they'll do two run plays. And then the other team will figure it out. And they will, like, send this big blitz at Cardale Jones on third down. When they know they're passing and he'll panic. And so... The defenders just need to get their they need to get their play calling down. Pep Hamilton needs to stop babying Cardell Jones. He needs to put Cardell Jones out there to play some more. And the other thing about DC that was looking like even more of a strength for them going in, they were looking like the most balanced team offensively and defensively through the first two weeks. That's another thing. Their defense has completely fallen off the face of the map. I mean, they let Tampa run for like over two hundred yards on them which anytime you're giving up 200 rushing yards, that is pretty bad. And, you know, they let the L.A. Wildcats throw for like four or five touchdowns on them in that uh, in that game down in L.A. So they're another team like how Zach was talking about with the Guardians. Like, you know, they're two and oh at home, but they're oh and two on the road. So, you know, they're coming back home this week to play against the uh, Battle Hawks, who are a really good team. So I'm not expecting much out of them, but if they can somehow recapture some of that old. Momentum. Maybe the home fans will help Mm -hmm. them out with that. But if they can recapture that, then I can definitely see them competing with the Battle Hawks for the lead in the East. Obviously, the East is more competitive than the West is right now with the Guardians and Defenders both being two and two. And even though the Vipers will get to them later, but they're one and three, but they definitely still have a chance. So um, they just... I'll be interested to see if they can recapture that momentum or if they'll just continue on a downward slide, which, I mean, obviously I'll be really disappointed if they keep on that downward slide because <laughs> it was looking so good to start. But I'm also interested to see what Pep Hamilton decides to do. Like I'm assuming that Cardale Jones will come out and start uh, the game against the Battle Hawks in here in a couple days, but I'll be interested to see how quickly, um, pep hamilton decides to switch to um tyree jackson if cardale Mm -hmm. jones starts struggling so i think as we've seen it a lot in the xfl that these coaches are not afraid to switch (laughs) quarterbacks when stuff's going wrong because you know they're not making tons of money and on big contracts so yeah take them out and
0: you nobody's safe (laughs) yeah nobody's Um, safe at
2: all so but
0: yeah i will say I'll, i'll just say one thing about the guardians or the defenders i mean that's the last thing um they, I don't think they should move on from Jones yet. I think it would be foolish for that. Obviously, he's been pathetic the last two weeks. But like you said, they need to get the play calling better. That's definitely something that, that needs to change. Uh, but I, I think it's a little too early to give up on him. If he has another bad performance, then I'll say, yeah, go with go with the new guy. But for now, I, I'd be leery of, of moving on from him just just this early. But um we'll go now to the Vipers. So this is my team. I've got the most knowledge and game time watching about them. Um, so obviously they finally got their win last week against the defenders, really a must win game for them at home. You can't go own four in a 10, 10 week schedule. And they, they finally did. They won convincingly in a shutout fashion too. Um, so everything's going good for the Vipers. I mean, Man, when you lose four games, then have a game like that, it it almost feels like uh, like the whole team is just different now. It almost feels like this is the this is a sort of momentum type of win that can springboard them for the rest of the season. And they've got LA next week, so that's a winnable game for them. But really, it's going to be interesting to see with this quarterback thing. I mean. It, I assume Cornelius is going to be the the full-time starter now. With Flowers wanting a trade, so and at this point, Aaron Murray's turned into a full-time cheerleader. Basically, you just see him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you just see him. They interview. They love interviewing him because I guess he used to be like a broadcaster or something like that. So that they they just talk to him. Oh, how's the team doing, Aaron? Oh, we're doing really good. We're having so much good times right now. That's Without basically the, that's that's his role now. Nobody even thinks of him as a starting quarterback. Uh, but the Corn Man, he had a he had a good game last week. <laughs> the uh, corn Man. <laughs> I mean, when your name's Cornelius, like. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Corn Man, he he played well last week. He proved me wrong because I didn't have much much hopes in them. But uh, really, the running game is something that that they can capitalize on because, like you said, got 200 yards. And it was a it was a by committee backfield. Obviously, Devion Smith is the the main running back, but then uh, Jaquez Patrick also had uh, he had an inspired game nonetheless, uh, with a couple touchdowns for his, his father. Um, but yeah, so this is and the defense has been consistent. I mean, they've they held Houston to a pretty low scoring mark for Houston's sake. So this is gonna be something I'm I'm excited. They have weapons on offense. I mean Goolsby, he he's their backup tight end to Truesdale, who is out, but he scored a touchdown for him. Dan Williams seems like nobody can tackle him, but he moves five miles an hour, but nobody <laughs> nobody can tackle him, so that that's good. That's that's what you need. He's a big physical guy. Um so the offense is good. The defense, uh Jerry Glanville, their head coach <laughs> he he stopped doing the two headset uh appearance and it's been good for him uh, because back in week 1 he was wearing two headsets and they were like double the headsets double the power but didn't work <laughs> out for him <laughs> it's really uh, funny if you look up if you <laughs> see those pictures of him wearing two headsets maybe when I'm not talking I'll look it up and show you guys but um but yeah this everything's going good when they're like dc was after the first two weeks nothing after that game that they had they are on top of the world We'll see if it carries over, but I'm optimistic. I mean, I would still love for Flowers to get a, a real chance, but it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. If he could stay on the team and and play, if Corn Man gets hurt, like yeah. But I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on Corn Man, but Flowers as long as Flowers is here, I'm I'm cool with the Vipers, but. We'll see what's going on for them, but definitely they had a much, much improved win, much needed win too. So Eric, what do you think about the Vipers? Because I know you're, you're the quasi fan, like stepping in and out of the fan circle. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's <laughs> getting better. Not just, not just because they won the game, but because they looked like they knew what they were doing. Because when I watched their first couple games. It was just driving me crazy watching them have Aaron Murray in for a drive and then flowers would come in for two plays and then on third down they would put Murray back in the game and then then flowers would get a drive and then Murray would get a drive and then when Murray went out and then in the second game they did the same thing but with Cornelius and it just it's so hard to watch that and I, it, I definitely couldn't support it either. Oh, man, that looks really dumb. I can pull up the picture of the guy with the two headsets
0: on head. <laughs> Yeah. Two headsets I, I, double the power. <laughs>
1: I, okay, that's an interesting approach. but yeah, Maybe I'm like 2K when we do our streams. Maybe I need to put like two <laughs> wristbands on my guy or get two headbands somehow or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: it, it looks weird that nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, it
1: looks really dumb. But, um, but yeah, I... I am optimistic after watching them beat D C the way they did, but it's for me it's gonna be is it is it a matter of D C collapsing and that's why did Tampa did good, or is Tampa actually on the upswing and that's why they did good? I, I, I wanna see a little more for them before I get too optimistic for them, but it was nice for them to finally get a win and you know, show that they are capable and that they actually look like they could be a team, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah. I, while, guys, I'm not doing the, while I'm not yeah. doing the power rankings that yeah, you guys yeah. are doing, like, if they had lost this game, obviously they would be 8th, because you know, like, they just have looked terrible. But obviously, I would have them higher after winning that game. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing what you guys do with your power rankings here, because yeah. I am in the dark on this. So Yeah, and
0: <laughs> before we go to that, I just want to show you this uh, Hal Moon from the Renegades. I guess he sweats so much he needs a towel to wear on his neck, because... I thought that was funny, too. <laughs> they show him, like, every play on the sidelines, too. I think because of the towel, honestly. But the, there's some personalities going on in this league. I, I really like it. Um, But so before we do our power rankings, though, I did want to do our overall thoughts. And I'm, I'm just going to do really attendance for this because that was really the big question that Eric brought up was attendance. So I've got on my phone. I'll read the numbers. So in week one, the total attendance was a little bit under 70,000, so 69,818 between all four games. And all four teams basically had the same much, the same attendance. Uh, Houston had the most, but only, it was only a couple hundred more than D.C., who is the least attended game. Um, and then week two came, solid increase to 76,000 fans. Seattle had the most of 29,000. Uh, Houston in, in second with 17,000, D.C. in uh, third of 15, and L.A. in last with a little bit under 15K. And then week three saw another dramatic increase to 81,000, almost 82,000 fans, basically. And it's really St. Louis there, tw- almost 30,000 fans for St. Louis. Tampa had 18,000, Seattle 22,000, L.A. bringing it down to 12,000, but still pretty good Week four then saw a decrease down to seventy thousand. So still, it's still higher than week one, but it, it went down. Seattle or St. Louis had the most obviously, but Tampa really dropped off to twelve thousand. I think because the hope of the <laughs> hope of the team because they were zero and three. I think that had a big thing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then New York and Dallas were were a little bit more than that. So uh, we've seen the total attendance has gone up. Each week until last week, it went back down. But So, Eric, seeing these numbers, how do you feel now about the long-term success?
1: Yeah, that gives me a little more optimism. Um, Although, in a different area, I haven't seen the numbers yet. But another concern that I do have, though, is that I've also heard that the TV ratings have been steadily going down, which is also concerning for revenue obviously but um but the fact that the attendance is staying consistent and steady, that is a good thing uh and maybe with tampa you know maybe now that they i know they're going to be on the road next Mm -hmm. but maybe now that they finally like got a win and look like they can do something maybe when they have their next home game the attendance numbers will go up from that low number they had last time but but the fact that the attendance is staying steady—that is—that is a good thing. The, but I do have a pattern about the ratings.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to look at the ratings now. Um, they say they're going down, but I'm not. I don't think it's by a severe margin. But I think it's also just because a lot of uh, it was unsustainable. I think to have the viewership they had week one, but. I anticipate when the when this season comes around and playoff time happens, I anticipate this to be a major sports story uh, in the world sports. Uh, We'll see what happens. That's
1: that's what they're going to need. They're going to yeah. They need to hopefully at least be kind of steady with the ratings for now, and then hopefully get a big bump when the Mm -hmm. playoffs come up. Because if it gets to the playoffs and then it's still going down, then that's going to be a big problem, I think. But if it goes back up and people get excited for the playoffs, then that'll be a different thing. So hopefully, I mean, obviously I would like for there to be, you know, more, the more football, the better in my life. So I, I'm hopeful that it works. I just, I'm still not quite as optimistic as you, but, but obviously I want it to, so I'm not going to be
0: like,
1: I'm not going to be a complete downer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good, good there. All right. So now we'll, we'll start our power rankings. Connor and I agree on most everything, but we will split on one thing. You'll see when it comes up, but, our number eight power ranking team this week in the XFL. We'll try and do this each week moving forward as well. We did them last week, but we are going with yeah. Connor just moved it over there. I was gonna move it over. Yeah. There. We well, it I'll, I'll
2: say well, you can put yours on top and I'll put mine on bottom. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. That'll work. Um, yeah. So we have the Dragons eight. They their last win was in week two. That's the difference between seven and eight. It's been longer since they won. And they really haven't been as close in their games as L.A. has been. Uh, so that's that's why I've got them eight.
2: Yeah, I mean, nothing impressive coming out of Seattle. I mean, and even so, their one win was against the quarterback controversy-ridden Tampa Bay Vipers at home. So, um, yeah, they just haven't proven anything to me. And they've been so quiet. I mean, I'll, I'll probably say this, like, earlier, like... Um, later on about Dallas up until last week but the Dragons just seem to be been like the quietest team yeah. to me. I don't really hear anything about them week to week. They're just kind of there.
0: <laughs> yep. Number 7 is going to be for me the LA Wildcats and for Connor as well. Yep, he's put a 7 down there. So <laughs> this team, like I said, really the difference between 8 and 7 is just that LA won more recently they also only lost by 3 on the road. It was to a New York team, but still I'll give them I'll give them that. <laughs> I think they're I, whenever these teams play, then we'll get a clear idea on on the separation here, but this is pretty close. But I do have LA at 7 slightly better than Seattle, but still low expectations all around.
2: Yeah, and my reason for them being above Seattle is the fact that like you mentioned they won more recently, but also because their win was a lot more convincing than Seattle's was. Seattle was like, I mean, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay was actually winning that game when they yeah, that's uh, true. were playing that game and Seattle had to come back, but LA just thoroughly dominated the defenders in that game. So um, that's the reason why I've got them above. And also, like you said, they almost won. They should have won last week. So, and the dragons were just awful last week. So I can't <laughs> uh, uh, justify putting them below the dragons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So now our number six team, this is, we're going to be a little bit different here, but my number six team is going to be the DC Defenders. And really just because of how bad they've looked these last two weeks, they've, the last two weeks, they've looked like the worst team in the league. So that's why they're going to be six for me just because of that. They didn't score anything in that last week. I know Tampa's had some of those games, but that was early in the season season. Now there seems to be there seems to be more quarterback stability with Tampa than with DC surprisingly so that's why I've got DC at six just because and also head to head too I mean I just got shellacked by this team so I've got them at six
2: yeah so I'm gonna actually have the Tampa Bay Vipers at six right here um I know it's so this like between you know a lot of these teams you know it's hard to rank them because like they one's been beaten by the other and whatnot's been going on so. But I got to keep the Vipers at six just because, like, I need to see more out of them. Because, like, you know, obviously in the game against um, the Roughnecks, you know, that was a close game. and But they need they didn't finish it out. And then, you know, they finally got a win this week, but they looked terrible the first two weeks. So if they can get one more win, then I'm definitely going to vault the Tampa Bay Vipers above D.C. I mean, unless D.C. wins, but... Um, above some of these other teams but that one and three record is still pretty pretty scary to me and obviously we don't know uh what cornelius is going to do in the future you don't know if maybe they were just you know extra motivated to get that first win and <laughs> you know that might disappear so i'm not gonna put them higher than six right now still one and three
0: all right number five for me is gonna be the Vipers. so the this Kind of the, for the same reasons Connor said, but I just have them above DC, really because of the head-to-head performance. I know it was in Tampa they got the advantage, but still they shellacked them head-to-head. That's why I'm going with them at five, and they have they definitely have room to grow, but I am hesitant to put them up any higher just because of their record. And we haven't. If we see this for another week, I'll be more optimistic, but. Right now, around average is where I think they'll be because they did have a strong showing against Houston, uh, and like you said, against Seattle they led for most of that game. So they've improved a lot from that Week One showing, but still they've got some room to go.
2: Okay, so then for my number five, I'm actually going to put the New York Guardians as my number fifth number five team. Um, like like I was saying, this whole this you know problem with DC blew out New York, and then Tampa Bay blew <laughs> out DC, and then. Uh, New York blew out Tampa Bay, so there's a kind of a mismatch <laughs> going on here with yeah. these teams, but I mean, I got to put the Grimes at five. They're two and two. I didn't want to put them above D.C. Like, I, I contemplated putting them above D.C., but considering the fact that they probably should have lost that game to L.A. is why I'm not going to put them above D.C., because, you know, they probably should be one and three instead of two and two right now um la if we will say la definitely took the biggest dip this week in my <laughs> power rankings like i had them at number five i was ready to put them up at number three actually if they'd beaten new york if because of dallas um not winning that game and also the injury to landry jones so i was willing ready to put la up to number three if they had won that game but they fall to seven because of the loss to new york and i mean seeing hopefully you know we'll see what happens with new York. I Don't really know yet. We got to see how the quarterback situation rolls out, but I'm gonna stick them kind of right in the middle right now. Two and two, 500. You know, embarrassing wins, but also some pretty you know one really good looking win over Tampa Bay that first week. So uh, we'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the the Guardians definitely gonna be the biggest riser for me. I've got them at the number four spot in my power rankings just because uh, when you compare them to DC and uh tampa bay they've had the past two weeks some better games i know uh as a whole when you take the season into the consideration it's really close between dc and and new york but right now and all these teams beat and lost each other so it's weird to (laughs) rank them it's really subjective but yeah this this is very fluid for me very close race but i just off their win alone really i've got them at four but huge risers since they were eight last week
2: Yep. And so then, number four, continuing with the theme, uh, I got the DC Defenders at number four. Um, For me, for them, I'm more so basing this on the fact that like they were so dominant the first two weeks of the season that I feel like if they can recapture that, they will, you know. Um, they're going to move up the rankings again. So um, if they lose next week, then yeah, they're probably going to, if they have like another similar showing next week against St. Louis or I'm sorry, against Dallas, then I'll probably drop them to like six or seven. But for right now, I'm going to stick with them. Like, you know, thinking that they still have good to show in them, you know, that they can still pull off those big wins like they had against Seattle and New York, obviously two of the well, New York's kind of middle of the road, but obviously Seattle, the, our worst team in our power rankings, mm-hmm. so um, we'll see, we'll see, but this is very, this fourth through six was really difficult for me to decide yeah. this week, it was like, you know, really up in the air, I know Zach and I were in 100% agreement last week, but definitely some when, differences.
0: When, when, it, when these teams are this close, there's going to be some differences, um, yeah. and so with number three, though, we get back on the same track. With going with the Dallas Renegades. And honestly, this is a week three for me when you think, oh, they're the third best team. Are they, though? I mean, <laughs> it's just because the rest of the teams are bad. Like, it, this could really change. Um, but the gap between two and three is huge here. That's really what I want to emphasize. But uh, more consistent, better overall than all those teams we've said before. So that's why they're three.
2: Yeah, this really pained me to put them at three when I was thinking <laughs> about it. Because I was like, well, first of all, the injury to Landry Jones. You yeah. Because I, I wasn't going to dip them too hard for losing to Houston, because obviously Houston's, like, looking like the top team right now. But, um, yeah, just seeing, like, you know, it's like, man, like, D.C. lost, so I had to put them there. And L.A. lost, so, like, now i got to move New York up. It was like, man, I can't believe I'm actually... Because I remember I, last week in the Power Rings, I was saying when D.C. was number four at two and one, I was saying they were probably the quietest two and one in the league. Like, you know, they weren't <laughs> yeah, really yeah. that spectacular. And now they're at number three moving up, even though they lost. So, um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they're I It's very close between three through six. But this was the easiest one out of the three for six for me just because their loss came to Houston and not to, you know,
0: someone yep. like L.A. or Seattle. So. For sure, for sure. So going to number two now. I've got the St. Louis BattleHogs here for number two, and it's it's pretty close honestly between them and Houston because they only have one loss. The loss was to Houston though, so that's why obviously you got an undefeated, you got a team with one loss that lost that undefeated. It's pretty self-explanatory. But they, uh, I would not be surprised if if St. Louis went on a run and Houston slipped up. So, but right now, I've got them at two uh, but but clear in a clear in a way better than Dallas,
2: yeah, there's definitely a huge gap between one and two and you know three through eight, so the St Louis Battlehawks I mean they for me, I'm interested to see because I don't think the difference between them and Houston is that St. Louis has yet to have a really close call when it comes to a game because. Obviously, you know, there was some controversial officiating and all that stuff going on in the game against Tampa Bay Mm -hmm. for Houston, but the Battlehawks haven't had that yet. You know, they had that loss to uh, Houston earlier in the season, but that was a really close game, whereas Houston, like they had a close call against Tampa Bay, and Dallas was still in the game last week, whereas St. Louis, they pretty much dominated Seattle, they dominated New York, and they dominated Dallas the first time. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to think, because next week, you know, Houston's playing Seattle, a pretty bad team. If St. Louis comes out and dominates DC, mm-hmm. and especially at DC, I wouldn't be beyond putting St. Louis above Houston, yeah. actually, even though Houston would still be undefeated, assuming they beat Seattle. So it's very, it's getting closer. It, is. Last, it wasn't as close last week, but this week, uh, St. Louis definitely closed the gap on
0: Houston. It did. It did. Now going, obviously number one, the undefeated team, Houston, uh, the, the the real key for them i mean they're they're pretty much a lock to make the playoffs at this point but it's really the defense that's concerning to me i want to see more out of their defense and if i can then it's really going to slow the them at number one but you're right the houston they they really need to beat up on seattle i don't know if it's a home game for them or not but yeah it is okay then they yeah they they need to win easily in this game considering uh how teams have beaten Seattle and and everything else. So Houston needs to – they need to really put a strong outing to to keep this one seed.
2: Yeah, we can't have another, like, you know, 30 –
0: Controversial. Yeah, yeah,
2: another 34 to 27, like, maybe possibly should have lost game to, you know, the worst team in the league, you know, between them and L.A., Mm -hmm. one of the worst teams. So especially a division game, like, that's a big – thing especially you know when we're talking about you said Houston's running away with the playoffs you know if they have a bad outing against Seattle I'm gonna have a hard time believing that they can beat somebody like St. Louis or maybe even beat Dallas again when Dallas is at full strength because you know when Dallas was trying to make that comeback they didn't have their quarterback so um, it's they're definitely on shaky ground right now they I wouldn't have said that a couple of weeks ago but this week they're really starting to get on shaky ground
0: yep but they still are the number one team. Oh, so yeah, they're, no, no. They're, the...
2: they're definitely still number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no decision between them and St. Yeah. Louis. That's just so, number one right now.
0: Roughneck, roughnecks fans, don't don't go throwing knives at us. We put you at number one. <laughs> <laughs> we said um, you were
2: uh, you, you we said you were unanimous number one. Yes, too, yes so. <laughs> definitely.
0: So uh, we we still want to see more though. So like we do with all these teams, but that that's our power <laughs> rankings after. Uh, after week four in the XFL, we'll we'll come back next Friday, give our week five power rankings. But uh, it, was, it was a pleasure doing this episode with you guys. Thank you, uh, thank you, Eric, for being back. And yeah, the, man, I was it, was it
1: was good. I was missing it, man. I was, yeah, I get
0: back in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Take care and peace out. Bye. Peace and renegades fans. Don't be too mad at me
1: if you're upset with me for saying your level is mid. Peace.